This podcast is brought to you with support from The Big Idea, New Zealand's online hub for creative people. The Big Idea aims to support talented, innovative individuals and organisations and advocates for creativity as an essential ingredient in the cultural and economic wealth of New Zealand. Their website is thebigidea.nz. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good early hours, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Welcome to Don't Give Up Your Day Job, the podcast, the one and only podcast, the only podcast you need. I'm Danny McCrum and I'm here by myself today because Bobby Kennedy is at home doing baby things. His wife gave birth last week to their first young offspring and we're very happy for them, of course. So I'm opening the show by myself. However, we will be talking to Bobby shortly. Today on the show, we have Malika Tarolian, who is probably one of the best singers I've ever heard. She sings on the final track of Snarky Puppy's Family Dinner, which is an amazing album in its own right. And every song features a different singer, including people like Layla Hathaway, and there's a stunning performance by Shana Steele. Um, but every song is, is incredible. And the last song, which is called I'm Not The One, is Malika's song. And this is the first time I'd heard of her. And it was technically impressive, but emotionally powerful. And those two things don't always exist together. And so I found this to be completely exciting. And I would play it to all my friends and say, check this out. Show them the YouTube clip um, of them before, of when they recorded it on a stage in a theater somewhere. And like, check this out. This thing is crazy good. And then she was recommended to us by Michael League himself, and uh, they have a new band together, Michael and Malika and a number of other people. The band's called Bocante, B-O-K-A-N-T-E, and it, the album just came out. I bought it straight away, and it's, it's, it's one of the things I love about music is the way it brings people together. And I've actually experienced playing music with people that don't speak the same language as me, and you connect with each other through this medium when you have really no other real way of communicating, and yet the communication lines through music is is it's easy and it's 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 a true human experience. And what they've done with this band is they've they've sort of made it an international band, and they've got musicians all over the world. Uh, I believe they've got someone from Japan and someone from Sweden, and they've put this album together, which is this weird mix of R and B and funk and jazz and rock, and it's just a mix of so many different ideas and influences, and really that's the side of music that excites me. I, I feel like that's what music should be. All the great music was moving forwards. It was innovation as opposed to imitation. You know, it, it's it's all very well to go to university and to, to learn how to sound like someone, to go and say, well, this is what Coltrane did. This is how I'm going to sound like Coltrane. But you've got to remember that Coltrane has already done Coltrane. You know, the Beatles have already been the Beatles. You've got to come up with something new. The Beatles were listening to you know, Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley and, and all this other stuff, and they put their ideas together and they came up with the Beatles. So I, I've just never understood the point of recreating what already exists. And that's one of the reasons why I find Snarky Puppy and the artists that are on the Ground Up label and the new band Bocante, I find that whole thing really exciting because they are very hard to narrow down to a genre. Um, I haven't heard a lot else out there that's similar they really, you know, by now you think that all of music would have been thought of already because there's only 12 notes. <laughs> and and yet 
they keep coming up with new ideas and I find that really exciting and really challenging. So it's, it's great to be able to talk to a couple of them. We've spoken to Bob Reynolds on a previous episode. Now we get to talk to Malika. There is a chance we're going to talk to... Um, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but there's a chance we're going to be able to talk to one of the other prominent members of Snarky Puppy later in the year. So it's really exciting what they're doing and we were thrilled to talk to Malika. Um, she's extremely busy and it took us a while to find a time that suited everyone for, for this recording. Um, but we, we figured it out. She arrived in Paris and had this little window of time uh, that she could talk to us before she headed off to soundcheck. So thank you, Malika, and thank you to Michael League for putting us together. We're truly grateful. So our sponsors today, Stonefield Bases. Check them out on Instagram and on Facebook. I every day see them posting these stunning photos of, of these handmade bases. Tom Stanley is the man behind Stonefield Bases. He is the brains behind the operation, the person who thought it up and got it going. And he is also our guest on our next episode. And we thought he was particularly funny because he has this really interesting life that he doesn't think is interesting, including spending time working in Antarctica, uh, at which he was like, ah, oh, we don't need to talk about that, do we? That's not interesting. And we're like, yes, it's interesting. How many people do you know who have lived in Antarctica? So, Stonefield Music is a New Zealand-based musical instrument maker producing unique handcrafted bases that use responsibly sourced beautiful timbers, innovative electronics, and a state-of-the-art tailpiece tuning system. Their innovative tuning system combined with their neutral balanced design makes Stonefield bases more comfortable and ergonomic to play, more reliable both on the road and in the studio. Their innovative tuning system combined with their neutral balanced design makes Stonefield bases more comfortable and ergonomic to play and more reliable both on the road and in the studio. Their top-of-the-line timbers and electronics deliver a classic tone with modern qualities. No matter what style of music you play, Stonefield allows you to craft your own sound with the latest in electric bass. Their website is www.stonefieldmusic.com. And tune into the next episode, which will be released in a fortnight, uh, to hear the story of Tom Stanley and how he arrived in New Zealand and started building bases. Fascinating. Last week we were hit by lightning. Just let that linger for a second. May seem crazy, but it's true. We're sitting here in, in our little studio that we do all the stuff from. Um, I was sitting here doing some pre-production work with a friend of mine, with a, a musician I work with, and there was a lightning storm going on, and there's supposed to be a space between the lightning and the thunder because, of course, light travels faster than sound. And as I'm sure you all know, you can judge how far away the lightning is by the space between the lightning and the thunder. Well... It went bang, and there was no space. Lightning and thunder all at the same time, and it was so loud that both of us jumped and laughed and then realized that a lot of the equipment in the building had been fried. So it's been a relatively expensive week. I think that's probably the most expensive one second I've ever experienced. But context. I then went on, on uh, one of the news apps today and read about a guy who was hit directly by lightning while giving a speech at his daughter's wedding. So, you know, <laughs> context, right? Another person who's had a crazy week and a life-changing week, a week he won't forget, is Bobby Kennedy, our co-host. And this is the week that his daughter, his first child, has arrived in the world. So that's why he can't be here right now. He's at home looking after his daughter and his wife. So we're going to speak to him via Skype um, to find out how he's doing. Here we go. 
Mr. Kennedy, welcome to your own show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. I've heard great Anytime. things. <laughs> and so you're you're at home, right? In um in the middle of a very new phase in your life. I am, yeah. Oh man, it's been an intense couple of weeks. Well, what has it been? It feels like it's been months, but yeah. literally um our daughter was born what july the 2nd so i don't know what day today is what is it wednesday so 10 days ago 10 days ago yeah yeah so she's 10 days old and gosh she's turned our world upside down so tell us about the tell us about the experience of of you know going into labor and rushing to the hospital like what happened oh right okay um all right so we we had a plan we were we were a little bit overdue we were about 10 days overdue so right. we had this plan to go into the hospital, um, I guess, the weekend before the one that's just gone. So what's today? Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and we were going to, you know, start start the thing, start the process along, I guess, uh, by intervening, if you like. I think they call it interventions. Um, right. And so on the, on the Saturday, the day before we were to go in and uh, intervene and kick the thing along a little bit. Uh, right. To get it moving, um, yeah, we went into labour. Well, I should say my wife went into labour because I have uh-huh. no idea what she was going through, but it was fucking painful by the looks on her face. <laughs> um, but we woke up on Saturday morning, and and then she started feeling uh, a little bit kind of, oh, this is this is uh, something different. Yeah. And then we did the whole kind of time the you know time the contractions, and they say if it gets down to you know a a gap between the contractions at a certain time and then they last for a certain length then that's probably the time you should um head into the hospital right but then we've heard stories of people getting into the hospital and the hospital because they're so busy um they turn people away because they're like hey look you're only one centimeter dilated Uh, go home because labor can take days sometimes right i mean it certainly takes hours yeah um and we didn't want to go all the way into the hospital because we were we were going to give birth at Auckland Hospital and we live um, south. So yep. um, we waited and waited until I guess it got to the point where we think, okay, this is they're getting a lot closer together here. We called the obstetrician and said, look, we think we should probably come in now. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't want to bother him because um, <laughs> of all things, <laughs> it was the the rugby was on or some bullshit like that. And we. <laughs> And I think he'd he'd intimated that he would when we wanted to um, you know start the intervention. He said, "Look, you got Friday night. You can do coming on Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday morning." And he goes, "But Saturday night after the rugby." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> well, sort of half joke, half serious. Yeah. So we kind of figured yeah. that maybe he didn't want to be interrupted. So I waited until the rugby finished, <laughs> and I called him and said, "Hey, look, uh, yeah, we're thinking about coming in." Um, can we meet you in there? So we did that, and we got in, and we were six centimeters dilated, which is you know pretty much far, pretty far along. Yeah, you know you get to ten, and that's when the baby's pretty much coming. So right. I guess that was about eleven o'clock on Saturday night. We we got in there, and um, that's a very convenient time. By the like, quite a convenient baby. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. You know, she waited until we woke up on Saturday morning, yeah, and then uh, and then kicked things into play. So. And by that time of night, you've you've already had dinner and you've settled down a bit, and like, okay, should we go and have a baby now? Yeah, why not? You know, yeah, true, yeah. true. We had all that. I mean, it probably wasn't that convenient for my wife; she was in pain the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then I think it was probably about yeah three o'clock when the contractions the next morning where the contractions really kicked in, right? And then uh, she was born by um, eight thirty. Wow. 
what was that like for you? The you know first time you held your daughter. Oh, uh, insane, man! Like I was trying to explain it to, um, and and this this feeling continues to this moment. Um, I was trying to explain it to someone yesterday. It's uh, you know equal measures abject terror and indescribable <laughs> joy. You know, yeah, um, yeah. It's <laughs> and there doesn't seem to be sort of any in between part at, at the moment. So we're you know it's new obviously to everybody. Um, yeah, to my wife and I at least because it's our first. Mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah, everyone. It was a pretty quick process when we got into the um, delivery room and everything started going move along. Right, and then um, yeah, we've been home since oh, a couple of days now. So, well, congratulations from all the staff at Don't Give Up Your Day Job. <laughs> well, I thank <laughs> from, you from from the, te- the the team of people here. <laughs> all around, yeah. I see you're all gathered around the computer there. That's right, all of us here. We've all got um, Bobby Kennedy t-shirts on. <laughs> We're all rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we had a yeah, a beautiful baby girl and she's all healthy and everything's good and she's she's eating a lot or rather drinking yep. a lot. She's mm-hmm. um, definitely not um, shy when it comes to wanting food. So, uh, and, and obviously changing, that's a new experience, changing nappies. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, and but I, you know, we'd done the classes, we knew all that kind of stuff, and we'd already done that, so I sort yeah. of knew what I was doing. So you're a pro. You've you've changed nappies on dolls before, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I said, um, geez, this even one... before you got your wife pregnant, you were playing with... <laughs> just just for fun. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like, this one kicks a lot more than the dolls we practiced on. Um, <laughs> definitely bloody strong, stronger than you'd think. Uh, a you know, a one day old baby could kick. Now it's just the sleeping thing, you know, and um, yeah. Sleep is uh, a luxury, but even the, on that pull out, that pull out you're sleeping on. Yeah, well, in the hospital, I was basically sleeping on the floor um, in the bathroom, right. just so that my wife didn't <laughs> get kept awake with my snoring. But um, at birth care, we, we, yeah, we had a pull out bed, which was the softest, most uncomfortable bed I've ever <laughs> slept in. But um, the, the one thing, the one thing I remember though is it's three or four o'clock in the morning and you've just got all the dads walking around the hallways trying to put their babies to sleep or calm them down and i swear to god it's like something from a zombie movie you know they're all walking around right. they've got that thousand yard stare on they probably haven't slept for days and they're carrying this little screaming munchkin around um and you just sort of nod at each other in recognition you know we're all in the same trench here yeah fighting the same battles um but and i'm sure i'm not the, i'm sure i'm not the first person to make this point but i mean the culture of growing up female means that the concept of babies and motherhood and stuff is sort of part of the process isn't it like little girls with dolls and things like that mm. but guys can really easily grow up not giving it a second thought until it happens to them yeah, well, exactly. You don't know what's going to hit you. You literally don't know. And I really got sick of yeah. leading into the process. I, um, and I know it was well-intentioned and all this sort of stuff, but friends of mine who had had kids before, like this kind of taunting giggle under their breath, like, you've got no idea what's coming, buddy. Yeah. Um, you have no... And, I hate that. Yeah, it, I hate it, that. It fucks me off so much. But um, in a way, they're right, but I don't need to hear that. You know, I don't... No. I know that it's going to be difficult. Um but at the end of the day, that it's going to pay off, um, you know, a thousandfold. So yeah, yeah. And, and any any big challenge you take on in life is going to test you. That's the that's what a challenge that's is. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, I remember a friend years ago said to me, "You don't really know yourself until you have a baby." And I thought, well, maybe you don't know yourself, but you know, I know myself now, and of course, I'm going to change, and it's going to it's going to 
test me and challenge me and, de- and I'll, I'll develop as a human. But mm. it doesn't mean that everything I was before was just a joke. <laughs> no. And I, and I will tell you, you know, um, the last couple of days, even though, you know, we're, we're battling um, with sleep deprivation or whatever, I've actually had more of a creative output than I have for months. You know, Interesting. It's like I know that I've got limited time. Okay, the baby's down now. I'm going to go yeah. and play, you know, practice for a little while on the drums or I'm going to pick up a guitar and try and write a tune or whatever. And, cool. and And because I know I've got that limited time frame of probably, you know, an hour and a half before she needs to be fed or bathed or changed, then yeah. I focus, you know. Interesting. Because most- I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you how, uh, you know, all things sort of work-related or music-related uh, are sitting in your brain right now. I mean, I'm sure things will settle down and you'll find your balance again in a few weeks at least but mm. uh, you know that's interesting that you're reconnecting in many ways with your creativity yeah yeah totally and i mean look sh- sure i think you change as a person but that doesn't mean you give up all those things that are important to you before the baby comes along you know that's right y- you soon you soon um find out what's important to you yeah and uh, i guess it just reshuffles things and, and the important things rise to the top yeah but uh <laughs> it's been an intense intense experience and um, loving every minute of it. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk a bit about our guests. Yeah, cool. It's a monumental episode for a couple of reasons, and and we, you know, one of the ob- most obvious reasons is your new family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've we've also got a fantastic guest on the show today, who is Malika Tarolian. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say her name. Do you know how to say her name better than no, that? No, yeah, no. I'll go with that. Uh, it's French anyway. Uh, is it French? It's French. Yeah, well, it is French. Yeah. Well, Creole. She's from um, Guadalupe. Guadalupe, that's right. Guadalupe. I right. thought it was Gua- I always thought it was Guadalupe, but it's Guadalupe. That's the way she was saying it. That's how she pronounced it. Yeah, mm. and she was bloody awesome to talk to. You know, and she's obviously incredibly busy and traveling the world constantly. So we got a very small window to talk to her while she was in Paris, just yeah. before she headed headed off to a show. And so the the technical challenge of it is is that. She's talking into a laptop, and we're recording her over Skype. So the quality of the sound is a bit mm. shoddy. Yep. And I guess the listeners will just have to forgive us for that, and and we're going to have to play the card of content over quality because the content is brilliant. Yes, absolutely. There was one other thing I wanted to mention, and um, before we jump into the episode with um, Malika, because there's something coming up on Monday, which I thought might be quite good for some of our listeners that may want to get along to if you live in Auckland. Um, yep. Have you seen the Surviving the Music Industry seminar that's... Um, going to happen it's where is it i've got the info here in front of me so there's yeah a, i saw i saw i got an email about it oh did you okay so dr chris yeah. stevens um sustaining mental health in the music industry um i would love to get along to that i probably won't be able to but um it sounds like something that might be really positive for some people some of our listeners yeah. to get out there and have a look at so it's monday july the 17th at six from six thirty to 8 p.m uh at the bank space or pocket bar uh, 592 Great North Road in Greyland. Fantastic. Uh, and so. I think you do yeah. need to RSVP um, right. uh, to tccrowther at apro.co.nz. But just yeah. look it up and, and um, yeah, get along to that if you can. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, shall we cut to our episode with Malika? Yeah, man. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Yeah. Have a good one. Shot. See ya. Now let's do this. And so in uh, in Guadeloupe, did you were you playing in um, you know a, a lot around the country? And, and when did you sort of finally decide you want to go and see the world? And did music do that for you? Did it take you to other places? Ah uh, yes, totally. It's taking me more than ever to other places, and I, I'm so grateful for that and honored. You know, um, 
I, I always wanted to travel. I think that traveling is the best thing in the world because it's really opening your mind to other cultures. Right. And I think if more people could be able to travel, there would be less problems. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, exactly. Because we would see how much we, we are alike, you know. I, I just came back from uh, South Korea and before that I was in China. And besides like the, the physical features, we're all the same. Like, right. It's, it's incredible, you know, and so I always wanted that, and I always wanted to 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 do music, and and the fact is, like both are really linked, you know. When you get to travel to to play your music, it's really a, a blessing, and I think it started um, it started with. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> it starts, you know. It starts with one travel, and then it, it, it you know, it, it grows, it grows, and now we're gonna have like almost forty dates in one summer. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely, I completely agree with you about the travel thing, and you know, I think it gives you perspective and empathy, and and you exactly. know, exactly, yeah, and and I, I think you're right. If if everyone could actually go and visit a few more countries. Um, a lot would be different in the world right now. It seems like a lot of the problems come from people who stay within their, you know, immediate environment. Exactly. Yeah, and that way you're only really focusing on the things that are different about you and those other people, as opposed to right those things that are the same. And and I guess exactly m- music is one of those things that can bring everybody together as well. So it's a great vehicle. Yes. For, yes. For, yes for totally. Traveling. Yeah. No, music is a, a powerful, powerful. Very powerful. Mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, I first came across uh, you because of the family dinner album. Yes. And your performance on the album, while it's technically brilliant, I found it to be at a very emotional performance. And oh I, wow. And I kept playing it to be like, check this out, you know. Um, there's there's something there's something behind that performance that informs it, I think. And and I think it's the wonderful thing about uh, I think it's the wonderful thing about music is that, you know, people can can relate to a piece of music on their own terms for their own reasons. And that somehow brings us together. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And you can see that even like and the, the without the, the language barrier. Right. Because me, I, I grew up in Guadeloupe. I, I wouldn't understand any English when I was little, you know. Yeah. But I would be, I would be so much that my favorite music was was all always American music, <laughs> weirdly, you know. Yeah. And and I couldn't understand, but I was feeling it. I was really feeling it, and and it was doing something to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sometimes now that I, I sing a lot in Creole and people are like, yeah, but aren't you afraid other people are not going to understand what you say? Well, first of all, we, we translated all the songs. <laughs> 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 so all the translations are available. You yeah, know? yeah. But uh, then it's it's music, you know, like if you can feel some instrumental music, you can feel something where you don't understand the lyrics also. Do you believe that... So it's it's the power of music. Do you believe that great art generally needs to come from great pain or great suffering? Well, I don't know. I don't want to justify the great (laughs) suffering either. (laughs) But there's definitely beauty in in the struggle, you know, because when you overcome your struggles, you get so strong, you know, and, and... and it's so beautiful. Like a lot of artists that I like, they had, they had that in common that they, they had always have a, a life that was difficult before, you know. Yeah. And and these emotions, this this pain, you know, um, 
it's always getting into into their art, into their music, and and that's what makes you feel something because it's real because you felt it. You know, it's not it's not as if you're pretending. You really felt it, and so it's easier to be able to to explain it and to and to make other people feel it when you felt it yourself. You know, right. So maybe for that, yeah, but like. For sure, it's it's better when you have a, a beautiful life. You know? <laughs> but yeah. if you if you have a rough life, it's gonna be okay. If you can overcome it, it's gonna be okay, and something really beautiful is gonna come out of it. Also. So, have you used music to overcome some struggles in your life? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Music, music is is my savior. Oh okay. Well, like, in what forever. way? <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna get really into this, oh, sure, sure. <laughs> but let's say I had I had some I had some stuff to overcome when I was younger. Uh, totally my way of expressing myself and expressing my my pain, you know, and yeah. um, and that's how I, I I got to to really grow up and to really um pass you know these uh, these struggles right yeah yeah and I think D- Danny sort of touched on it before we you know listening to some of your earlier stuff that feeling the emotion come through and you also said the same thing people will feel that they may not necessarily know your struggle or your story but they can uh relate in some way they can relate yeah. exactly yeah. that's that's how, that's what music is all about you know you and that's what's beautiful too because um even even if you do like the the craziest music in the world somebody's gonna really like always <laughs> yeah. you're always gonna find somebody you know that right. that can relate to your music so that's that's beautiful and how, how cool will it be like in in the years to come where there, there's some sort of kid sitting in in england or the united states or even here in new zealand who goes oh i grew up listening to bocante i couldn't i don't understand creole or french but Oh my God! But you know, uh, it made me learn those languages. Oh my God! It would be like the biggest honor. (laughs) Something uh, almost similar happened not so long ago, um, because on the family dinner, volume one, I sang a song called "Seal" in Creole. Yeah. And and uh, Snarky Puppy, oh my God, that they they took that song to another level. You know, like (laughs) they they really, you know. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's incredible, like how the sound the song traveled because of them, and I, I just saw a video um, of people in Malaysia playing the song and singing in Creole. Oh no way! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I was blown away. That I was is like, incredible. Oh my god. This is Creole. This is Creole from Guadeloupe. We're like 500,000 people in the, all this world. Yeah. <laughs> and people are singing in my language. It's crazy. That is like, amazing. Wow. And they must have had yeah. to have learned the words by the phonetically. shapes. Or yeah. Phonetically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, otherwise they... Probably phonetically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, wow. But they, they did that work, you know, that, that this is, this is, wow. This is amazing. That is. So <laughs> have you learned a song, um, any songs on your travel? Like you say, you've been to China. And you've been to Seoul recently, or sorry, um, South Korea. Did you learn anything yeah. on your travels? 
Well, <laughs> uh, when I was in China, I learned how to say hi. Uh, <laughs> my name is Malika and stuff like that. Uh -huh. You know, it, it was we were on tour in uh, in October, I think, and then we we got back for a few days um, with another project. Um, Vox Sambu is an Asian uh, MC. You should check his project out. It's amazing. Cool. And um, we went there in China again, but. Once we, we got there, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot everything I learned the first time in October. It, it was crazy. I was so disappointed. Uh, so, yeah, yeah you, you, I, you need to continue. You know, like it, it has to be a work of, of every day a little bit. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope I, I can get back to to that. <laughs> I was the same with French. I was in, in France for about a month a couple of years ago, and I could by the end of it, I could sort of hold a conversation down I remember walking into yeah. a, I walked into a store one day and I managed to make a purchase without saying anything in English and I, and I was really proud of myself yeah. but now I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It was crazy because it, it got it got away so fast. So yeah. in in Guadeloupe is uh, is Creole the the mother tongue, the native language? Yeah, it's the native language, but uh, the French is considered the first language over there. Oh, okay, right. I see. And, and, but is Creole not? Um, does it not come? Is it not derived from French? Well, mm, not really. I I, I think it's a um, it's a mix, you know. Right. Okay. Between uh, yeah, African uh, languages and French. Oh, I see. Okay. And as a French, so, yeah, it's a, it's a mix of that. Is the French language there exactly the same as, as the language that's spoken in France, or is it uh, slightly different? No, it's exactly the same. Right. As as in France, yeah. Sometimes some people are gonna say some stuff that are like really translating, they're translated literally from Creole, <laughs> you know, and, and then it's it's funny, you know, it, it makes it funny, but, but um, they, they usually do it on purpose because everybody is like really fluent in both languages. Yeah, okay. I, I just want to get back to the family dinner sessions because I'm curious to ask what what the day is like, you know, like how did how did it work? Were you just there for one day or were you there for a few days or and, and how was it coordinated? We were there, I, I think we were there for a few days, but not that long, maybe like three three or four days. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it was really fast. I, I I know that Michael was saying, "Oh my God, never again! <laughs> I'm gonna work like this," because they they worked. Oh my God, it was so hard because they had to really learn everybody's song, you know, yeah. and, and learn them perfectly, you know, so all the artists are happy. And with the back vocalists that had to learn all the back vocals and also learn them in other languages. So they had wow. to sing in Creole and to sing in French and to sing in uh, <laughs> Greek also and to sing like it was crazy. And uh, all the sound engineers, that, that must have been a nightmare for them to have like <laughs> so many people on stage. And, you know, like everybody has a different uh, volume of like in either instruments or, or vocals. Right. You know? So you have to adapt to everyone. And and it was it was really a lot of work. I didn't so, realize um, the band would have learned everything on like right then. I, I assumed they would have had a few weeks to practice or something. <laughs> Well, yeah, they, they pretty much do that a lot. Right. <laughs> so they learned, they pretty much learned everything over there. And it it, it got like, it, it was so fast and, and so intense, you know? 
Yeah. And uh, we we had like one day of rehearsal, I think, or something like that. And then it was uh, the recording days. That's amazing. We, we also spoke to Bob Reynolds and he said a similar thing. And uh, it's amazing to probably to a lot of the musicians around the world who are now trying to figure out how Snarky Puppy do what they do to then find out that a lot of it's, oh. a lot of it's very off the cuff, you know? Oh, my God. They're usually doing things like uh, it's the most intense in the most intense way. <laughs> 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 yeah. But more and more they're trying to, you know, to to have less of that um, pressure. But even if we take uh, the Bocante album, I finished the the vocals, the lead vocals. I finished them at like, I, I literally finished and then I got to take my bag and, and run to the airport. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> it was like, I did, I did the last note they were filming and then we were like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then the car was already waiting God. and we got to run to the airport so I wouldn't miss my flight. And so how many takes, was, what, what, what kind of number of takes were recorded for each track on the, on the family dinner sessions? Um, how many texts? Uh, how many like lyrics? Oh, uh, like, how many? How many? Um, how many takes? Uh, what's another songs. word for takes? Like how many times did you do each particular song? Ah, how many times? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think everyone got to do their their song that got featured on the album twice. Right. So they they recorded and filmed it twice, <laughs> uh, and and chose the best version. But me, I only got to do it once because. Um, I wanted to to have I'm not the one on the album, right? But Snarky Puppy, they wanted me. They wanted to have sale on the album, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, it's I'm not the one. They're like, no, it's sale. <laughs> so Michael was like, okay, listen, you gotta record one of each, and we're gonna we're gonna take the best one and put it on the album. And another one won. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an amazing track. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's astounding that you only did one take of it. Yeah, we we uh, we did one take. Yeah, do you feel do you feel one. pressure in these situations? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And and you know, I got to to um because we did the recording, but then after we did a concert with all the songs that we were doing. Uh, uh, for the recording, you know, right. but a concert for the people in Roanoke, you know. Gotcha. And um, so I got to sing another one a second time, but it was another day and it was not for the album. Right. And I preferred that version so much, but it was over. <laughs> <laughs> was the concert in the same venue or it was a different venue? It was in the same venue, but it was a, a, a different setup because it was for for uh, it was a concert. It was not a recording, so right. it was really a, a different uh, formation on stage and yeah. all all these things, you know. And uh, yeah, and it wasn't recording recorded in the same way and and filmed or, or any anything like that. It's amazing. Unfortunately. It's amazing. <laughs> it's such an amazing performance. I just can't believe you just did one take of it. And at the end, you seem to just go, oh, you seem to go, thank you. you and take your, take your earplugs out and just walk off the stage. Just like <laughs> blow the room away and then go have a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was a little bit embarrassed. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little shy, actually. I'm, right. I'm working on it a lot. But yeah, I was like, okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> So if you're shy, how do you deal with like self-promotion and and putting yourself out there? Well, Obviously, it's working was, for you, whatever you're doing, but... 
Oh my God, I was really lame for a long time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then now I'm really, I'm really getting better, better at it. Like it's, it's as everything, the more you do it, well, you're going to improve at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, that's what's happening. So now I, I can, I can talk about my projects and without, you know, blushing or anything. <laughs> I can really try to talk about myself and, and, and stay focused. <laughs> and so when you finished uh, doing, studying jazz in Montreal, presumably you stayed there and you, you, you know, you did lots of gigs, you performed there or did you go, go back home at that point? No, I always stayed in Montreal. I, I still live in Montreal. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. But... Um, Yes, I, but I'm presently in Paris because I have a show in Paris tonight. But uh, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm still in Montreal, and I still go back to Guadeloupe as as often as possible. I'm actually going back very soon to have a show on uh, June third over there. Oh, fantastic! Cool. And uh, it's it's a it's a big festival called Terre de Blues. It's in Marie Galante, which is exactly like where I'm from in Guadeloupe. You know. Okay. And um, they're doing a, um, a festival, and it's an, an homage to my grandfather, who was a really important figure um, in in the in Guadeloupe and, and in the world also because of uh, his work as a poet and as um, um, ambassador oh, also beautiful. Uh, from the United Nation. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, that. that I'm really, really proud uh, to to be doing that festival. So you you obviously had a lot of support from family to to pursue music as a career. Uh, is it always oh some, God, something I... you've always wanted to do as a career? Well, apparently yes. Um, <laughs> my dad says that I, in the womb, you know, I, I was I was a musician. Now. I'm like okay, <laughs> but me, I really realized it when I was a teenager. Uh, but when I was little, I had my I want to be a doctor phase, and oh, yes. you know, I didn't really go through that phase. No, no. oh my god, I, I just so went yeah, through I, it. I went through that phase too. Really? <laughs> yeah. But then they asked me, they asked me to dissect a, a frog in school, <laughs> and I, I knew it was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How would you sort of? Um, no. No, it's not happening. You're not, not doing that, yeah. <laughs> what would you say your your version is of success is? I mean, are you there yet? Have you reached that pinnacle, or you're always striving for for better or more in your career? Um, well, I have so many dreams, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm the kind of person who, who don't talk about them and unless they realize, you know, right. <laughs> I have lots of dreams, but a lot of them got uh, realized already. Um, just to be able to play with Snarky Puppy, that was that was really a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, Leila Hathaway, oh my God, um, I I got to meet uh, not so long ago Umu Sangare in uh, Australia. I got to meet uh, uh, Napalm, and I'm a huge fan of Hayley's Kayuri. Right, and we we actually played with Paul Bender, the bass player, because he played with Bocate. Awesome. Uh, yeah, when yeah. we were touring in Australia, so so like so many things, it's it, it's wow, it's crazy, it's crazy. 
Um, I, I met Rachel Farrell and I sang with her in Guadeloupe. Wow, cool. And she's my, like, my ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate. She's like the best singer in the world for me, you know. Oh, fantastic. Um, so you're, you're so um, I, very much about the experiences then. It's not so much about... I don't know, buying the big house. It's it's about getting to work with good people, I guess. Oh, yeah, like the, to be working with, with amazing people, like amazing human beings, you know. Yeah. It's, it's the best thing in the world. You know, it's like because it's not only musically that you, you can learn, you know, from them. It's like it's just it, it just goes beyond that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like spiritually, like even uh, they're going to give you some tips for like the, some health tips also. Like how, how can you sing like all that, like that long, you know, for, for that many years and your voice doesn't change and you, <laughs> you continue to improve, you know, like all these all these things that that they can give you it's it's, right. it's beautiful what what's yeah. what tip would you give which w- would be one tip for a singer listening to this podcast thinking about doing what you're doing what would be a, a tip that you'd give them well like to sleep as much as possible the worst thing is to be you know to be really tired that's the, the first thing that gets your voice tired you know yeah right um it's not like as you're playing another instrument, it's really your body. You're using your body. And, and unfortunately, what is happening to you is going to be felt in your voice, you know? So it's really important to to, to sleep as much as possible, to be hydrated. So to drink as much like um, water or like tea or, or really hot stuff as possible. Um, there's a really cool thing that it's... Um, um, well, ginger is your best friend. <laughs> oh, okay. Garlic, garlic also because it's like improving your your system, so you you, you can uh, try to not get sick. You know, right, right. Um, yeah. So that, that there's all these things, and um, always try to warm up also before shows. Um, it's it's really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what what about diet? Yeah, eating diet, ga- garlic yeah. and ginger. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, like like they're foods that I don't eat before I sing. You know, okay. like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I try to to not eat any um, dairy. Right. You know, before before I sing, I'm kind of trying to stop. You know, like for for real, like no more dairy. But it's really hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. Well, cheese. But, you know, um, like cheese is an important part of life. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> especially when you're in France. Right. Exactly. Oh <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but at the same time, you know, like if you think about it, we're not supposed to be eating cow's milk. <laughs> we are not, yes, you know, baby cows. You know, right. so yeah. it's, it's really weird that yeah. that, that industry. You know, how did but that come about? It's so good. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really makes a difference when I eat too much dairy. I get a lot of mucus. You know. Yeah. Right. And um, and so it's it's really something that that can help me uh, to not take any dairies when I know I have to to travel for a long time. Also, like when when you're like fourteen hours in the yeah. plane, you know, mm. uh, you try not to get sick <laughs> when you arrive. Um, so I try no dairy and uh, as much fruits and vegetables as possible. Right. Uh, what what do you actually eat for dinner before a performance? Because this is something that I struggle with. I sing as well, and and especially when you're on the road, it's hard to get 
access to good food a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so what what do you what do you eat? That's the thing. Well, I I'm not yet at the point where I can really choose. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I really eat what I can, you know, yeah. what what is available. But I'm gonna try not to eat dairy, so no pizza and no cheeseburger. Like <laughs> oh, <that. man. laughs> I know, I know. It's really hard to be a singer, okay? <laughs> yeah, us, us drummers can sit at the back and just eat a burger while we're playing, that's fine. <laughs> I have actually played a, a, a lot of- I have actually played a gig with a drummer who had his dinner on his floor, Tom. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, in the see? middle of the gig, he was playing and he was eating <laughs> eating dinner off his floor, Tom. Oh, that's just what a yeah. caveman! It's crazy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, Thai food works for me before I sing, like Thai curry, like a red curry or something. But that's got milk. Yeah, like coconut. anything spicy. Yeah. Anything spicy is good too because it, it's gonna really clear your sinus. You know? Yeah, and so Bobby's right. It's, it's got really it's cool. got it's got milk in it, so it doesn't really make any sense. Coconut but the milk. but the spicy thing some for some reason works. Right. Okay. Yeah, the spicy thing works, but but not the dairy. <laughs> right, yeah. So Malika, you you've clearly got the um you know got it sorted out in terms of your craft and your uh, your ability. What about the the sort of business side of the the music industry, there's that reality to it. Do you have people take care of that for you, or are you constantly having to to, to take care of that yourself in this day and age? Well, um, in terms of Bocante, there's there's a team around Bocante. You know, like we are working with Ground Up label. You know, Ground Up. Music, oh, Ground Up. Yeah. yeah. Which is yes, which is the label my colleague founded. You know, mm. so. So we are really spoiled. Like I feel spoiled <laughs> with Bocante. I feel like it's wow. Yeah. I'm so so well taken care of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my project, I don't have a team around me yet, and I'm actually looking for a really badass manager. But the thing is, you know, it's hard when you don't know somebody uh, to trust them. Yeah, know? right. With like the biggest part of of your life, which is your music. That's so, right. So that's that's why it's taking a little time, you know. But um, I know I'm confident I'm I'm gonna find the right person for that. And what just explain to some of those people out there who who maybe have not succeeded, as, gone as far in the, in the industry as you have. What what sort of things, um, you know, when you say trust, what is it that people need to be looking out for? Well, somebody that will will understand your vision and will really uh, try and, and do everything to make it happen, you know, mm-hmm. and be really um, uh, um, in sync with you, you know, so they're not just looking out for themselves. They're looking out for the project, for the right. music, you yeah. know, like it, it goes everywhere, like because um, you still want to stay in control of the of the concept, you know, the musical concept, right? Uh, and and even uh, uh, for the the work ethic, like the ethic behind you, uh, everything you're doing, it's really important that some somebody as like your manager uh, shares it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot have like different ethic; <laughs> it's not gonna work. You know, so right. so that person has to to be like. To have uh, fundamentals, um, fundamental, uh, how can I say that, principles mm-hmm. um, that are like the same as yours, but a different vision 
to make it happen. So, you know, the things that you don't think about, they think about it. You right. Know, yeah. yeah. Make it happen. So, so it's a, a really um, a complex combination between being different and being the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to, to have, you know. Yeah. Because you want them, if, if you're going to give them 20% of what your, your income is, you want them to have their own skill set to be able to maximize your, your talents and your skills, right? Exactly. And it's not only 20% because they are going to, they're going to have like all the contacts and all the stuff, you know, like they're going to be taking care of all the bookings and all the, you know, like Mm. all the, well, not the bookings, the bookings is like maybe a a booking agency. But when I say bookings, like, um, all, all the plan for the the traveling, you know, like, and, and the, the vision, like to go to get to the radio and, and all these things, um, like the the plans like for the marketing and like everything you know is going to be linked to to you and the manager and he, he really has to understand what you want so it makes it happen without you being like that's not what i wanted you know right, or right. if he talks to somebody and and then you have a huge gig uh, but it's with like i don't know mcdonald's and you like super against mcdonald's but he's like <laughs> yeah but it's gonna bring a lot of money but you're like but i don't care <laughs> you know right. like it, it's it has to be like so yeah yeah so that's what you, you, you mean about. You have to be on the same page. Yeah, that's what you meant about principles, right? So if you exactly. are, you know, if you didn't like McDonald's, but they wanted to get a big paycheck for themselves and and sign yeah. you up for something, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly, you know that. So you want some somebody that is not gonna be just taking care of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want somebody that that believes into the music and into the project like as much as you. Mm. And I think of that as being. Uh, like a, having a business perspective where you're you're looking at someone you're potentially going to partner up with and it is a partnership really isn't it yeah and you're thinking what am I going to what am I going to bring to this and what are they going to bring to this and is this going to be mutually beneficial and are the you know what what are effectively shares and percentages do they all make sense which exactly. um, which which is all very logical but in the music industry so often it seems that upcoming musicians are so desperate to sign something yeah, because they're so desperate to get ahead that they start to make really foolish decisions. Hmm. That's the thing because um, throughout the history of music, artists get you know, excuse me, the term, but fucked <laughs> so many times. Yeah. you know, like yeah. by by the whole industry, and they, they were the ones doing the music, having like the ideas and everything, and then they're working like so hard and they're always on tour and they, they don't sleep and they do all these things yeah. Yeah. and they are not the ones making the money they should you know be making right. so that was really that's that's a really hard lesson when you when you you hear about like tlc and yeah. and all these artists you know that 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 really lost a lot of money because they, they didn't know what was in the contract. They didn't know exactly who was their manager and what they were doing, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Because you just, you just trust and then you, you, it goes so far, you know? So, yeah. so, and, and you, as a musician, you're not always like super intense into the music business, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes your musical, part that is like really awakened but then the business part is like really not really (laughs) yeah it's a different mindset yeah 
it's a different mindset. And that's that's why when you have a manager that has that mindset, but that is really synced with you, you know, that is really so 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 that you can never do something that you're against, you know? Yeah, so they won't and, and you're you. against it. <laughs> Voila, you know, yeah. so it's scary. It's, it's scary. Were you switched on to this, you know, the, the sort of stuff when you were starting out? Uh, that's the thing too. When I started, um, I almost, you know, there's, there were people interested in me and and they were not nice people. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, and as a young girl, I... I received some contracts, but uh, actually I had some some fr- family or some friends I could uh, show the contract to, you ah, know, right. uh, or, or that could translate it and, and really read it, or or I, I really went to um, to people that that work in legal stuff, and they, they were like, "Oh my God, this is the worst contract <laughs> ever!" So, right. so that 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 were my first experiences with contracts, you know. Yeah, and some of them are amazing, aren't they? I I, I showed a contract to, to a lawyer once, and his answer was "run." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? yeah, he didn't see? even get into the details; it's he just crazy. said "run." <laughs> Exactly, yeah. and, and it's still happening today. I showed a contract to a lawyer, but he was like, "Yeah, never sign this." Oh, <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's it's crazy. It's still happening now, and I have more experiences with that. But yeah. but it's still like you know, it's still really hard to to trust everybody. <laughs> it, it sounds like your so, family is um is a really positive influence because I was going to ask how. You know, were there particular people in your career that, um, you know, taught you how to think and how to approach this stuff? Or was, is it really your family? That is, oh, my God. My family, my family and my friends are like my rock, you know. Yeah. Um, my, my family has always been very, very supportive. Like if it wasn't for my family, I don't know if I, I would be in, in this business. You right. Know? Yeah. My father especially always pushed me, you know, like. And and I know it's a business that is like it's not guaranteed, you know, mm. at all. And it's it's always a struggle. Like you you're like, yeah, I did these many shows, and then the next month you have like zero shows, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I guess I have to save, <laughs> you know. So it it really takes a lot of trust from uh, your family to to you know. So they don't worry about you and they know <laughs> you're going to be fine, whatever happens. And, and that's the gift my father gave me. You right. know? He's always behind me. Whatever happens, even when he's not super um, <laughs> agreeing with my typical choices, it's like, <laughs> you should do something more pop or more something so, so, you, so you have a hit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been pretty happy then when family dinner happened. Oh yeah, very happy. Yeah, very very happy. So it's it's always something like he has his ideas, but he's always always behind me and he's always pushing me. So yeah, I, I can try what I want, but he's gonna give me some advices always. Also, yeah, it's a different kind of existence, isn't it? Like I mean, it's, it's like actors doing movies. You think someone's you know someone's very successful and killing, and then. You don't really know that they've done a movie in January and February and then they've got nothing for the rest of the year and they're sitting around. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. You know, so, and, and, and this world is a lot like that. It's, um, 
it's the visuals and it's the how you look, you yeah. know, in the eyes of other people. But in reality, we're all struggling. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. Social you know, media we're is all a part working of it. hard. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're working hard and um, and it looks like, oh, my God, wow, what a life. But, you know, you should see, you know, so, so, like you should see some musicians like and me included after 14 hours of flight, you know, <laughs> where like you, you just want to die. <laughs> and you, you're going straight to a sound check and yeah, then yeah. You, you, you have like. 30 minutes to eat and maybe like an hour right quick and then you have to do a show. <laughs> and then they should see some of the hotels you have to stay in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, some of the hotels. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, you know. But not all of us get to go to Paris and play. <laughs> exactly, that's the thing. <laughs> do you get to spend a little bit of time in, in France or, or in Paris or are you moving on after this gig? Well, I'm moving on to uh, Guadeloupe after this. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I had a show tonight. Then um, I'm going to have two days in Paris. And, and then I'm going straight to Guadeloupe. How often do you get back there? I try at least once a year, but yeah. sometimes like two to three times a year. Now, forgive my ignorance. Um, geographically, where is Guadeloupe? Just south of Puerto Rico, I think, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You're asking me. I just, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You, why am I asking you? Because yeah, there's know. no one else here to look at. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you not been listening? I'm getting disoriented. I have no fucking clue where Guadalupe <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not very far from Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Get it right. It sounds like you're zipping up your, your suitcases. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm becoming a master of the suitcases. <laughs> 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 that that's one thing that is cool do you have a technique when you're, you're traveling like okay uh, i travel light and i just have this bag and this is how i get through customs and this is what i do when i get to the seat on my pl plane and this is how i make myself comfortable i am exactly now now i have all these like little stuff that i do you know so i know uh i want you know um something to uh um so how do you say that again earplugs you know oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. just in case you know there's there's any babies crying babies <laughs> or like really snoring people <laughs> and i and i know i want to to really sleep in the plane um i have always like some stuff um also in the plane that i can take some uh echinacea what's it called uh, so it's it's like something to to not get sick you know it's oh, improving yes. right. your oh, yeah. it's boosting your system you know so i always have that on me also in planes uh, i have something to cover my eyes just in case you know i i can't sleep or anything um right. i like i have all these little stuff that I, that i keep yeah. i always have music with me um i always have my my um uh, in ears so i can to some music or, or watch movies in the playing right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do a lot of traveling so you've almost got like a um a mobile office with you haven't you could you have your ideas and you can exactly yeah. or books i always have books also um yeah I, I try to to be prepared you know uh because there's some cases where like the the how can I say that the the screen uh, in the plane doesn't work right so oh. and you're like but but the flight is like eight hours yeah but it just doesn't work okay <laughs> ask for an upgrade to uh, first class 
oh my god no no I, I, yeah, my screen not, doesn't work give me now an yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo do you think it would work i've heard of it working before oh yeah oh my oh, god yeah. i should have tried that give it a shot in the old days oh. it never worked for me oh I, yeah, but I don't, I don't have your charisma <laughs> yeah that's the thing i'm like hmm. <laughs> even just another seat is like really hard if the the, the plane is full you know so, yeah. like but can i can i get another seat no ma'am the plane is full Sorry. <laughs> no. okay have you well. ever missed have you ever missed a flight yes <laughs> right. I, <laughs> it it didn't it it happens uh, maybe twice in my life, but but it happened. Right. <laughs> Once yeah. it was not my fault. They they direct me to the wrong uh, thing to All right. where I, I was supposed to um <laughs> to uh, to um how do I say that to to, to do my stuff to uh, get on the plane, yeah. and the second time um, I overslept. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just didn't hear the alarm like at all. Right. <laughs> so um, back to the back to the music thing. There's so much um, negative conversation around the music industry, you know, amongst the music industry as well, because of you know the album sales going and the effects of streaming and and piracy and all of all of these things. So how do you stay positive and you know move forward with a positive mindset? And how do you organize your ambitions? with that kind of conversation always around you? Well, um, okay, I, I don't know if I should go there with you guys, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for sure, it's it's hard uh, these days, you know, like with the, the albums that don't really sell anymore and the streaming um, devices that are, like, not paying. You right, know? Yeah. Um, But at the same time, uh, I don't believe in... I don't believe in money. Okay. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a little weird, but I don't believe in money. I, um, I believe money is not something really um, positive in this world, you know? Right. And I believe that without it, um, it would be a much nicer place, you know? Oh, I agree. So, yeah, totally. So I'm like, I hope that it's just not only into music that this phenomenon is, is happening. And I, I just... I just hope for really for that whole system to crash, you know. Right, right. Um, so we can we can try another one because this one is actually not working. Like it's not um, it's not fair for everyone, you know. It's so if it's not fair for everyone and it's not working for everyone, then it shouldn't be happening. So that's why I I know it's 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 a pity that it's like. For now, it's really in the in the music industry that you can really feel uh, that crash. Yeah. But um, I guess it's it's gonna get to every point, you know, because because musicians are linked to a lot of other stuff, and if you can work all together, you know, like I can do this, and what can you do for me, and I can do that in return, and you know that that collectivity and that you like know collaboration, uh, like a, a spirit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, voila. So I, I'm hoping that it's gonna you know grow it's, more and more because of of that. It's funny you should say that because today I just read something that Mark Zuckerberg has said uh, about he believes that rich people like him should pay more in tax so that there could be a more sort of, uh, I think it was universal um, income, so that people had money, regardless of what they do and where their station is in life, that they have 
enough to live on so that they had free time to do other things, creative things or not, or maybe start a business and not have to worry about exactly. how to pay the rent and so forth until it gets to a point where money really would then become irrelevant. You know, it just yeah. becomes everyone gets, to, you know, with automation coming with machinery and technology, people are going to be out of work in the next 20 yeah. years, you know, mm. and, and maybe we could all be free to do whatever we like to do and not have to worry about that. That's the thing, but uh, I don't. I don't think uh, um, this system right now is built for everyone to get to that point. You know, right. and that's 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 what's uh, really you know not cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, like a lot of people are working really hard because if they don't, they just can't eat. You know, and when whenever they they work hard, they do all this work, and they they can they still cannot afford um, good food. You know, like food that is actually good for their bodies. Yeah, they have to to afford some stuff that is like really cheap and that is gonna keep them, you know, like full, but mm. that is not really nutritive or, or anything. So there's all these, these kinds of things happening. And, and, um, it's, it's just for the, the benefits of the, of the rich people, yes, you know, of the elites, um, yeah. exactly. When you, when you think about like that little percentage of people who own like almost all the, the, the wealth of the world, you know, yeah. um, this is, this is, this is unfair. This is, it should not be like that, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I really think that if everyone had a little bit of everything, everybody would be, um, how can I say that? Everybody would have the minimum, you know, like, yeah. which is a shelter, some water and some food, you know, like if you have that, well, there's no reason to go fight against anyone. Yes, exactly. Think, if, you, yeah. if you're fed, you're sheltered and you're secure and you're warm. And you're secure, and you're exactly. Why would you need it for anything else? And and I think that, exactly. that that lack that people have, when there is enough abundance in the world to feed everybody, to clothe everybody, to keep everyone warm and housed, um, that's what's causing the friction, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, you sound like a Leninist. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got down that path. But. No, but I mean, but it's also it seems oh like oh my god, <laughs> it seems like the people that that don't have a lot are the ones that seem to have a better perspective on it. You know, like if the people who don't have very much find the real meaning of happiness in their life. But but the, but even the people at the top of the food chain, the 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 elites, they always money doesn't make them happy. They're always no, that's true. You know, sad about um, not. I don't know what the fuck they said, about, but <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to be one of them. So. But um, you know, I'd love to know what you're thinking of just then. No, I don't know. They lost their convertibles, or uh, yeah, know, too many, too like, many uh, not a big not enough <laughs> super yacht or something. Like that. Right. Uh, they're always going to be. They're always going to find something to be sad about. The thing yeah. is, when when you have a lot of money and your goal is to make more money, like yeah. you're only thinking about that. And you're never going to have enough. Yeah. Yeah, you're never going to have enough money. So This is why yeah. we need more leaders in culture to start actually asking these questions and start challenging, you know, conventional thinking, which is, again, where music is important. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And, you know, like, I, I just hope for something to, to happen and, and to change. Just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean you can't ask the question. And sometimes simply asking the question, you know, triggers the conversation. Exactly. And, and collectively we find the answer. Exactly. Triggers a revolution, Danny. That's what we need. Yeah. We need a revolution. Maybe we start one right here, right now. 
between yeah. the three of us. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, back to the music industry, you know, the, the music industry has arguably collapsed and what seems to be coming out of it are companies like Ground Up, which are taking a totally different approach to yeah. putting out music. And, exactly. You know, a record company that's actually empathetic and supportive of artists and, and celebrating good music. Yes, and and celebrating artists, you know, like really trying to to put the artists in the center of right, everything. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. This is really what's special about Ground Up, you know. Yeah. It was created by, by a musician, so it's really really making sure that the musician is happy. Right. Because I was going to say the point I was going to make is that pop music people make it to sell records or they make it to sell, sell singles or mm. sell whatever concerts or what have you. But if, yeah. um, if that's not working, if people are not buying that anymore, you're not restricted to the three and a half minute, two and a half minute pop song it's anymore. A game you can just yeah. do whatever artistically you feel like. Right. Yeah, exactly. It just yeah. it dawned on me. I've been saying it for ages. I've had an epiphany. <laughs> he hasn't been listening to me, Malika. <laughs> I've been trying to tell him. But yeah, pop music has lost its currency, though. I mean, it's, That's it's, right. It's a yeah. currency that, and, and, yeah. it's, and it's value. It's got no value. But right. the, the thing is also, like, the pop music is, I don't know, I, I feel like it's serving um, a, a purpose, an, an agenda, you know, like, which, uh, which is... Um, make people not think you know like <laughs> right to, yeah. to you know like just think about like parties and sex and, and stuff like that which is like really a lot of the content the lyrical content in the pop music world you yeah. know or like love and and uh, heartbreaking and, and, and stuff like that right. when there are so many other subjects and 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 important subjects so uh like the rise of of artists like kendrick lamar you know it, it's really giving hope also like to to start like new conversations about stuff that are like really important right now happening in the world you know and, and talk about them and, and make people think about them in music and that it's still hard to get that to be playing into the radios and stuff that's right <laughs> but, yeah. but but the, that's why radio is becoming irrelevant no one listens to it anymore <laughs> exactly so. because the people they, they still know what they need you know so mm. even if they don't get it in the in the big medias or, or stuff like that they're gonna go look for it thanks for for, for internet you know yeah. so that's why this is a, a good thing happening and that's why like um there's an artistic um uh, uh how can i say that boom you know like uh everybody's is like going more and more into being free musically and artistically because people are ready for it you yeah, know, and, right. and they're waiting for it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong and I'm not, I don't think you're saying this either, but I don't think there's anything wrong with pop music or, or, you know, silly songs about love or whatever. Exactly. It's more about, it's more about balance, isn't it? It's more about also just taking the opportunity to actually exactly. use music exactly. to say more. Yeah. Yeah. It, all the subjects, are like good subjects and and all, and as i was saying earlier like everything is going to be touching somebody you know right. but it's just a question of balance you cannot just have like sex and love and 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 heartbreak and, and violence in songs like every day you know that in in the tv and in the radios and and, and not like anything about anything else you know yeah mm. well if it's an art then it should be an expression and expression should be a full expression of the, the whole human experience you know which exactly which includes the love and it includes the other stuff too 
It's like yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it can include everything. Yeah. So so mm. people can have access to everything. Right. Just like you have your popcorn movies, but you have your art house movies. Yeah, or the thinking movies. Exactly. Yeah, you've, you've got movies. you've got um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, which we both, you, which would, are our favorite, one of our favorite movies. Where would you put him? I mean, that movie. I'd well, I think Indiana Jones is a thinking movie and a popcorn movie. Oh, there you go. Well, nice. <laughs> Sitting on the fence. <laughs> Sit on the fence there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Safe answer. <laughs> Good. Well, it's it's all happening. It's all happening right now. Yeah. It's all getting better. I I hope. <laughs> Let's hope. We can only hope. Well, it's only going to get better with yeah. with um with this kind of thinking, I think, and and this kind of you know rather than trying to recreate the past thinking forward and trying to figure out what the future is going to be well it's it's all in the in our minds too you know i really think we create uh, our world you know so if we think about stuff that we want to see you know changed yeah these these stuff are going to happen you know so it's just a a, a question of of collectively thinking about it yeah absolutely beautiful and that's a, a a brilliant way for us to wrap our conversation up i know you've got to get on and care and get ready for the show you've got tonight yes <laughs> uh sincere thank you to make for making yes, the time to talk to so us much. and um ah, thank you thank you Coach and also <laughs> if he is listening thanks to michael league for connecting us as well because this wouldn't have happened without him mm. so. oh my god michael league Oh, I, I cannot stop saying good things about this guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's amazing and, and yeah, I, I can't believe how amazing he is. Yeah, you're in very good company. Yeah, he's, <laughs> awesome. a, he's a great dude. I've oh only, my God. I've only yes. met him briefly, but he was a very grounded guy. Oh, yeah, grounded and brilliant, really yeah. brilliant, really smart um, guy, intelligent and really generous. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I thank you to my colleagues Absolutely. for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, enjoy Paris. I love I love um, the city and enjoy the show tonight. And thanks again for talking to us. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. <laughs> there you have it, our episode with Malika. Thank you, Malika, for making the time to talk to us. Uh, thanks again to Michael Legg for connecting us um, and making this possible. Thanks to Stonefield Basses. Uh, check them out at uh, stonefieldmusic.com. Thanks to Nick Portman for his assistance on mixing this episode. And congratulations again to Bobby and his wife Jane for their new daughter who has just come into the world only about a week ago. I love the idea that sometime in the future their, their daughter will be listening to this episode and, and hearing her dad talk when she was only a week old. That kind of stuff buzzes me out. It's kind of like as close as we can get to time travel. Hey there, future Bobby's daughter. How you doing? How's the world? What happened with North Korea? How did the dark days of Trump finally come to an end? Oh, God. Never has there been a more important time for music. So thanks again for listening. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Um, please like and share and all that stuff and, and um, tell everyone you know. Have a good week. Beware of lightning. And all the best with all of your creative projects and activities. Ground Up and Snarky Puppy are great examples of what's possible when you work hard, back yourself, and innovate rather than imitate. See you later. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast, please do like, share, and subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes.